the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. I will spend a half hour with someone at the start of the relationship, beating them down and getting them to accept that this is hard. And if they don't accept that, I won't take them on as a client. If I can tell that they're not going to value the work that we're doing and how hard we are working for them, then it's just not worth it. No case is worth that. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, my friend, I just got back from Costa Rica. I uh, had a great time. We did zip lining uh, and we did, uh, it was great. We did five zip lines in about two hours. It was a really great setup. But the second one, you actually, they drove us to the top of this mountain. And I think that zip line had to be at least 45 seconds long. We were way up high and it went on and on and on. You're up there thinking, oh my gosh, it's just not going to end. And you're laying down like Superman. So it was a total, total blast. The kids loved it. They were scared, but we all did it and it was a ton of fun. That's awesome. I, I was seeing all your pictures on online on Facebook and you have a really good looking family if you weren't in it. I mean, your your family pictures are, are really, really good. And then you've got you on the end of these pictures and just kind of ruined it. Like, I wonder if, if Imani can just Photoshop you out. Do you think that she might want to do that? You know, when I was on the beach, I should have done a big Mike Albee kind of shot where I'm laying down like a princess on the beach. I think that would have made a great picture. That would have been great. No, and all kidding aside, it, it, it looked like you had a lot of fun. Your the, the pictures did look look great. I I have never never done that though, uh, where you you've done a zip line. I've always wanted to, but I've never done it. So I'll, I'll have to do it sometime. So Costa Rica, you would recommend it? Yeah, it's different. It's not like Mexico. It's more rustic. Um, and we had this big uh, Toyota Land Cruiser, and I actually drove everywhere, so we didn't Uber it or anything. It's pretty rough, but um, we had and, and you got to drive a lot of windy roads in the mountains and to the, in the jungle. We we on the first day we rode ATVs in the jungle, and that was a total blast. So is it like what are the flights like? I mean, how long is the flight from St. Louis? I'm assuming you can't fly direct there. So how how long was your total travel time? Well, that's the kicker. So the, there's six of us. And so we used our Southwest Point. So all of us flew for a total of about $400. And it was a two hour flight to Houston and a two hundred two hour and 20 minute flight to Liberia. So and it's it's just one time zone behind us. So it couldn't be any easier. 
Nice. I like it. It's, it's, well, it's good you got some R and R. Are you a little bit refreshed? Yeah, and then I had that moment. You know that moment when you come back from vacation, and yesterday uh, I had great news and rough news. Uh, on the rough news side, a client of mine is probably going to be indicted because he lied to USCIS. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it looks like it's pretty probable. And that was the bad news. But the good news was I won a case at the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals that I argued back in November. So I'm really excited about that. Very nice. Very cool. All right, let's jump in it. All right. So today's topic is sort of a carryover from the conference itself. And you and I haven't had a solo episode since the conference. I think we both had a had a great blast, um, thanks in large part to the hard work of Kent and everyone else who worked on putting the conference together. I think it was a, a big success. But I think that I I might have opened up something, at least with me, um, when I talked from the stage and I talked about vulnerability, you know, a lot of people, probably eight or nine, came up to me after the after the talk and said to me about something that they themselves were were suffering with or or plotting through. I had people who I thought were just um, doing fantastic tell me that economically they were struggling. I had people talk to me about depression. I had people talk to me about uh, substance. And so right after that, I happened to be in Connecticut and I had breakfast with Ryan McKean and I talked to him about that and about those conversations that I had. And I said, Ryan, what percentage of our members do you think are suffering in one way or another? And he said, oh, Jim, 85, 90%. And, and at first, I was really surprised. Now, I wasn't that surprised based on the conversations I just had. But if he had told me that ahead of time, I, I just wouldn't have believed it. And I, and I think that I might have been living in a bit of a bubble. And I thought that, you know, there are a lot of lawyers. Obviously, there's lots of lawyers. And then in our group, we have sort of a self-selecting group of people who are actively trying to improve, actively trying to get better. But I, I didn't realize the depths of some people's lows. And, and I get it. I totally get it. I, you know, I talked in my talk about some of the low points in my career as a law firm owner. And I just think it's something that we need to talk about on the show and in the other work that we're doing. Because when you and I talk about things like this, when when we had Taylor on and we talked about you know, the hard life of running a business. And when we, when we had Ryan's counselor on back in the day, those are some of our, our best episodes. So I, I wanted to talk to you about it with you today. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a good topic. Um, I, I definitely do. I think we as attorneys were conditioned to brag about ourselves. We're that's like, that's all the marketing that we see on TV is attorneys essentially bragging about themselves. So I think that we are conditioned to do the exact same thing is just talk about ourselves and talk about how great we are, even if it's not quite true. And so there's this, I, I think there's this thinking that, you know, we're looking at other people, they're not struggling, they're doing great. They're getting all these big judgments. They're getting all these big settlements. Um, they're winning their family law cases. You know, they're, they're, they're getting all these estate planning cases and doing just fine. When the reality, let's let's come at the reality of it, especially those of us that do litigation stuff, even those that don't do litigation stuff, but like our our schedules can be fairly hectic. You know, we don't necessarily get to pick our schedules all the time. I mean, if if I had it my way, I'd be able to set my jury trials on a certain day of the of, uh, of the year. I'd be able to start the jury trials at a certain time. I would have all these different limitations, but I don't. I don't get to pick that stuff. And there are 
we have defense lawyers, at least for us, that are that file ridiculous motions that I've got to go and argue. But even though they're uh, they're a ridiculous motion that you really think you're going to win, you're stressed out about it. Um, you've got clients that are mad at you all the time. Sometimes I'll get that a lot, but you, you do every once in a while. Everyone has a client that gets mad at them, right? And so these become very stressful things because if you compare lawyers to other professions, and and there are other professions that are similar to ours, but we have an act hanging over our head at, at, at all times, and that that act that someone could file a bar complaint, and even if it's not true, we still have to respond to it. It's still stressful. I've talked to several lawyers where they've had bar complaints, and it was all ridiculous stuff, and nothing ever happened with them. But it is an extremely stressful time for them. And this is something that we face every single day. And I think that that's a reality that we probably need to address, we need to talk about. And and, and I'm just talking, I, I haven't even gotten to the stuff where the, the struggling part, I'm just talking about this, just the daily day, day-to-day stuff that we have to deal with. Then you start talking about, okay, being able to make payroll, you know, being able to pay your bills, you know, dealing with your spouse. I mean, there are all these other factors in our lives that we're dealing with on a daily basis that really, I'm sure as I'm saying this, are stressing people out because they're thinking about it. I mean, that, that was part of funny because your, your talk was about you know, the struggle and everything else, and, and it, was, it was really at home with a lot of people. And then my, I started my talk with a very similar thing about those things that we struggle with on a day-to-day basis. And so, it's stressful for all of us. It really, really is, and I think we've got to find ways to cope with it so it doesn't, it doesn't affect us um, more than it should. And so I think that this is a really good topic. Um, honestly, you and I, I don't think know where this topic is going to go. Uh, this is just a topic that we're we're, we're going to experiment with and see what happens. Yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, one of my kids got diagnosed with ADHD, and part of that was because he was having all this conflict with one of his teachers. And you know, I think that professions draw people of certain personality types to those professions. And I think one of the reasons he was having trouble with his teacher is because this teacher became a teacher because she liked order in her classroom. She liked structure. And these are all things that he sort of rebelled against and didn't like. So um, I think with lawyers, too, that there's certain people drawn to the law. And then there's even people that are drawn to starting a firm. And then there's people drawn to certain practice areas. And that those things that make us good lawyers or draw us to the law are also things that make us vulnerable to, um, you know, just swallowing things and sucking it up and taking all these pressures for a client on your back. And I think that that's sort of a a trap for us. And I think that, you know, a lot of us do deal with pretty stressful situations. You and Gary and the other people doing personal injury. I mean, you've basically got someone's future on the line and, you know, you're fighting for them against all those things that you mentioned that are make life more difficult than they need to be. And for me, you know, we're trying to change the course of people's lives by helping them with an immigration benefit. And, you know, everybody has a reason why they're doing what they're doing, but we are taking on the stresses of other human beings. And there's there's an energy that shifts there, I think, when we take that stuff on. Well, how do you deal with, so I think that one of the problems is that we do take on the stresses of of our clients. How do you deal with those? Well, honestly, one of the ways I deal with it is I eat too much. And so, you know, that's something, you know, when we're talking about people struggling, that's sort of my coping mechanism is I I work real hard and then I, I live life on the run and I eat out more than I should and I don't plan and so, you know, that's the negative coping way. The the positive coping ways is as I told you before we got on the call, is I've been getting up earlier, 
I've been exercising each morning. I've been journaling and I've been reading books that inspire me, um, trying to do that for 20 minutes, each of those things every day, and then trying to get in some other regular exercise and, and then um, really working on my health a little bit more than I have been. So um, there's lots of ways to do it. But as you as you always tell me, you know, you got to prioritize it and you got to put it on a calendar. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and that's something that Jason Suck had taught me. It's just, and that was that helped me quite a bit when it comes to, to dealing with stress. Because what I used to do, and it still happens, it's like it doesn't still happen. But I, I used to, you know, put these things on my calendar, or I used to like have these, like my my top five for the day, and I just wouldn't get I wouldn't get them all done, and it would just piss me off so much. I would beat myself up, and it it just sucked. But you know, one thing he did, he says, like, listen, you take your three things, no, the no more than three things, the things you've got to do every day, put them on your calendar, and then do them. And they're they're the things that are going to move you towards your vision. And once you do those, it's great. And the other thing is, is that you you reward yourself for doing good, and you 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 identify the times that you are doing well. He calls them your done well. And it, it really does. Like whenever you you just take a second every morning and think about the things that you do well, that you've done well in the last 24 hours, just three things, it makes you feel good, man. I mean, like it, like it, it really is something that you're like, you know what? Yesterday was shitty, but it wasn't that bad. I did, I did okay, you know, because like there's every single day you've done something to move the ball forward. It could have been the most the smallest thing. I mean, there are times where I felt like I was just being a awful father because I was at jury trials and I was up late and didn't see him at all. But, you know, you, you stop to think about it. You know what? I did a really good thing yesterday. I'm providing for my family. I, I did well in, tri- in, in trial. Uh, there's a variety of things that, we, that I did well, you know, and so I can't beat myself up for it. And so we have to stop and start to think about, okay, what are the things that we're doing? Cause we're, I, I talked about this at the conference. The people that listen to this podcast are, are high achievers. That's why they listen to podcasts. That's why they go to the conference. That's why they're in the Facebook group. They're trying to improve. And so we, we sort of got to get over this thought that we're not, we're not that great. Because we're all great. We're good. We're good at what we do. We're good at what we do for a reason. And let's say, that, let's say in reality, you're really not that good yet. But you're working on getting better. That's good. You're improving. Reward yourself for that. Identify that. And, 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 and tell yourself, hey, this is okay. I'm doing well. It's good. I think I think that that's something that we need to change as a as a profession is quit beating ourselves up so much. Well, you know, it's interesting. You asked me how I deal with stress, and you and I have been friends for a really long time. I don't think I've ever seen you lose your temper. You've never come to me and said, "Boy, I'm really down." And you you have a very positive attitude. How do you deal with stress? Well, I, I think I think part of it is honestly I've got a high level of confidence, um, which I think is important. I I think that that stems from my parents. You know, I think they definitely instilled some confidence in me, which is a good thing. I, I've got this mindset that sort of it's all going to be okay. I know it it sounds really simple, but I'll be honest with you. I woke up in the middle of the night last night. I was stressed out about a couple cases. And I just said, you know what? And, and it, honestly, the reality is, the, the 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 things I stressed about are not that they're not that big of a deal. They're really not. Um, it's just things that I've got to deal with that are on the plate. And I just said, you know, it, it's all going to be okay. And I and I rolled over and went back to bed. I mean, like, it, it, I know it sounds so ridiculous, but I, 
I don't let things get to me um, the way other people do. Um, a good piece of advice I got from a friend a while ago, and was, I was I was really just taking on a case and, and taking it personally, and it was, I mean, it was really emotional for me. And he says, you know what? For, for your clients, you've got to be very clinical about this. Um, kind of like kind of like the way a doctor would treat a patient. And it was really really good advice because what we tend to do is we we can get emotional and we can live these cases and it's not fair to our families it's not fair to us um especially on the criminal defense side i would take a lot of that personally knowing that these people had a lot of times gotten themselves into these situations and so i, I would take that personally and i would like you know take it home with me and and it just wasn't fair to my family so i i think that if you can just take Take that time to just tell yourself it's going to be okay. But I also, I have protected my personal time. I've changed what I've done. I, like early on, it was really stressful for me because I had clients had my cell phone so they could get me all the time. I, I I remember one time answering a phone call at two in the morning and I was in bed with my wife and got out of bed to talk to a bail bondsman about a client that she was bail, uh, bailing out of jail. I mean, like it was stupid. I was doing stupid things like that, but I've now put barriers around my family where I, I spend time with my family. I leave, and some people are gonna think it's crazy. I leave the office every single day at five o'clock and go home. If I get more work done, I'll get it done later that night. But I go home and I have dinner with my family. And now, if I'm traveling, it's a, there's an exception to that. But um, whenever I'm at the office, I, I I I guard that family time. On the weekends, I work whenever my family is doing other things, I don't, but I don't take time away from the family to work, if that makes sense. So I, setting up as many boundaries as I can to protect the, the family and my personal time has it, helped me quite a bit. I think that analogy of thinking like a doctor is a good one. Obviously, doctors deal with dresses probably even more serious than ours. And, um, you know, one of the things that I tell the lawyers here in our office and when I talk to Monty about cases is, you know, our job is just to do our best. We can't control every outcome. We can't win every case. Um, we we're in the we're in the battlefield. We're taking the fight to them and we're doing our best and we have to let go of the result. We just have to rest assured that we did everything we could. And sort of that is something I think that helps alleviate some of that stress. But isn't that one of the stressors though, is that you, we can't control the outcome. A lot of these, a lot of these are determined by a jury or by a judge. When and it could be a fifty-fifty decision, but the clients expect so much more because of the movies that they've seen and because of the the advertising that they've seen on TV. Yeah, I think there's some of that stuff, but I mean that that all goes to maintaining control over client expectations. You know, you set your expectations low at the beginning. You don't promise too much and. You know, I, I refuse to take on clients now who are not standing beside me, understanding exactly how hard it is. I will spend a half hour with someone at the start of the relationship, beating them down and getting them to accept that this is hard. And if they don't accept that, I won't take them on as a client. If I can tell that they're not going to value the work that we're doing and how hard we are working for them, then it's just not worth it. No case is worth that. Well, how do you, okay, so, uh, and I get that, that's, I think that's the best strategy. So what's your advice to some younger lawyers that are just getting into this that aren't comfortable doing that yet? I mean, they, they want the money, they want the case. Um, maybe my advice would be the money is not 
not as important as you think it is. It's really not. I know it's, right now you're you're looking at your family and you're thinking, I've got to pay the bills. I get that. But the troubles it's going to cause you on the flip side, if you take that case, and if you're not willing to stand your ground, but what it could be far worse than the money you're going to get. Do you, do you have any other tips or advice to those, to those younger lawyers or to lawyers that have been doing it for 10 years and they've got a, a stable full of cases that are like that and that they're, they're it's driving them crazy? Do you have any advice to those people? Well, every client that's in your office, but every file that you have is someone that you made the decision to do business, business with you, you signed them up. And, um, so you've got to think of a better filters. You know, there was a really interesting discussion in the group the other day about warning signs for potential new clients. I think that the best solution to having problematic clients, you know what it is? I think it's to have more clients. And I know that sounds simplistic, but if your net is so small that you're having to take on all the, the difficult clients, I think it's okay to have a few difficult clients. But if your whole practice is being run by difficult clients, that just means to me that your marketing is not good enough. You're not spending enough time on your marketing. You need to spend more time generating more interest in what it is that you do so that you have a bigger net to pick from uh, when it comes to selecting new clients. You should view it as you selecting clients of them trying to get you to hire them, to get you the ability to do business with you as opposed to just grabbing whoever comes in. I know that sounds simplistic, but I'd rather you spend more time marketing developing your marketing skills and taking on a crappy case that's just going to make you bang your head on the wall for a, a soft tissue motorcycle or car case that you know you're, you could spend that time much more wisely trying to build up your marketing and growing your your list of potential clients i think it's so funny your default is to blame it on marketing <laughs> my default is your systems aren't good enough to filter those cases just funny how we, you and I look at them com completely different ways. Um, All right, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit. So I was talking okay. to Maddie, and I was talking to Maddie Martin yesterday, our friend of the show from Smith AI. And by the way, they're intent on um, advertising on this program. It looks like we'll get them on in a formal way uh, in the next couple of weeks of, of advertising on the show. So we're excited about that. I, I enjoy working with Smith a lot. And um, I was talking to her about the same topic that you and I, I was in a mood yesterday. I talked to my my uh, workout trainer about it, about people struggling, and I talked to Maddie about it. And she said, you know, from her perspective, she sees some things that sort of are eye-opening for her. And she says, you know, so she's on the conference circuit. She's at lawyer conferences all the time. And what she said is that she sees lawyers who've been all bottled up at home and they get sort of out in some other foreign town and they just sort of let loose in a crazy way. And that, so her mom is a therapist. And so Maddie grew up hearing from a, a, a psychological counselor, her mom about all these different struggles that people were having. So when she goes to these conferences, she's seeing people sort of let loose and, and maybe not making the best choices. So that was an interesting perspective that I thought. That's interesting. I, I don't think that that's any different than other professions, really. I don't. I don't think that's. It's not like we're any different. Maybe we are, but it, I don't. I don't think we are. I, um, I didn't think that the people at our conference. I mean, I think some did, but I think most didn't. I don't. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I don't completely disagree with it, but, um, I, I think there's a there's some truth to it. But yeah. if there is some truth to it, what's what's the reason for that? 
she wasn't saying that it was anything unusual or abnormal from the community. She was just saying that she sees sort of a lot of hard drinking and partying and that there's certain conferences. She didn't, she said not ours at all, but that there's certain conferences that are sort of built that way, that if you're not out partying at three in the morning, you're not part of the fun team and you might not get business out of it. So um, it's just an observation. Well, what, what do you think? What do you think the reason for that, though, is? Is there, I mean, is there a reason for it? Is there, is it the stress? Because they're just trying to, you know, bury the stress, or is, it, is there something else? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you and I are the kind of guys who go to conferences, and we may or may not go out at night because we're working on the ideas that we've had, and we want to talk to our wives and our children. So I think that part of this is lost on us. But there's definitely a culture. Um, in some of these conferences where, you know, you, you don't go to the sessions, you um, drink hard all night and party, and then you sort of stumble in the next day and brag about how messed up you were. I remember one time back in my old days when I was a maritime lawyer, believe it or not, I'd go to a barge convention every fall uh, in New Orleans. And um, I remember one time the speaker couldn't appear that next morning at the conference because he'd been arrested with a prostitute. So. Um, taking care of yourself on a daily basis so you feel like you have to go crazy because you've been bottled up and restrained for so long you know if that's how you're going about your day where you're feeling like you're on this grind and oh i'm gonna i'm gonna let loose now that i'm i've got a little bit of freedom i think you're setting yourself up for for problems yeah and i think i think that that's there's a lot of truth in all that i mean like doing the the daily thing little bit by little bit is that moving forward um, like it's okay to you know to have a glass of bourbon a day every other day or something like that. It's fine, but you know having that full full handle of bourbon on a Saturday night in conference is probably a bad idea. Um, so, I, but you know it's it's doing things in moderation. I think it's also just doing the things that you need to do every single day as opposed to trying to binge. And we do some of us, and I this is something that I have to fight all the time. Is like procrastination can be a problem for me. So I'll wait, 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 and then do everything at one time. Um, it's better, it's far better, like with your videos, doing them daily. Like I like to batch my videos. You like to do them every single day, and it's probably a lot less stressful for you when you're doing them every single day. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to be all glum and doom and gloom and everything, and I, I just think that it's it's important for us to acknowledge that people are having a hard time and that, you know, we're here as a resource for people. when. You know, we opened up the first conference. I talked about a friend of mine who had um, killed himself. And so, you know, this is this is real stuff. So, you know, obviously we're not professionals. If you need professional help, we want you to go ahead and get that. But at the same time, if you need to just talk about something or shoot the breeze or, you know, pick our brain, I think you and I both be open to, you know, helping whoever we can if, if someone's struggling with something. Absolutely. And if you saw my Stop the Bullshit presentation, I'm not going to yell at you. Just so yeah, if you want to reach out to either one of us, 
we are both open to hearing about it. It's, uh, we will give you as much guidance as you want or as little as you want. If you just want to talk to us, we'll, we'll listen to you and shut up. So um, I think that that's, uh, I think that listening is a very important thing. We talk a lot of lawyers and listening. So we're here for you. Jimmy, you want to wrap up? Yeah, let's do it. So um, for my hack of the week, um, I've really taken to this 20 minutes of reading or listening to, I wouldn't say positive stuff, but just stuff that inspires me. And, you know, they say that you are a sum of the people that you surround yourself with and the and the books that you read, the information that's just coming into your brain. And since I turned off the news and turned to books that I find motivating and inspiring, um, I think my outlook has changed. And, and I think sometimes you have to sort of combat that depression or combat that sadness or um, combat that negative attitude with actual infusions of of good messages and positive messages and, and inspiration for change. So I would encourage people that if they can to turn off some of that noise in the back of your head, some of that stuff that, that's just wasted energy and, and find things that inspire you or motivate you to make positive changes. I like it. Very cool. Um, I like the message. All right, so before I get to my tip, I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, get involved there. Um, there's a lot of activity going on every single day. It's insane to me uh, how, many, <laughs> how much communication is going on. It's really great. Um, also, if you don't mind going to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, get the five-star review. It definitely helps spread the love. All right, so my tip of the week is actually something I found late last night as I was doing some work, and I was, I am Jimmy. I'm, I'm considering a switch from um, from Infusionsoft to Autopilot HQ. And it's something you've been using. I had a long conversation with Kelsey Bratcher on Sunday night. We were talking about the different products. Um, there are some features that are definitely better with Auto, Autopilot HQ. I still love Infusionsoft, but there's some things. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with the way the company's headed, is, is the basis of the bottom line. So, um, I, I think I'm making the switch to Autopilot HQ. I haven't made that full decision yet, so it's probably coming. But upon looking for integrations, everything, I stumbled upon something that has nothing to do with Autopilot HQ or Infusionsoft. It has to do with Black. And the, the name of the product is Jackfruit. It is free. I don't know if you've heard of this, Jimmy. But you can create a Slack channel where the video is always running. And so if, let's say you've got virtual teams like we do. We've got a lot of remote workers. Um, you can just jump into that Slack channel real quick if you want to and see, your, see your, uh, anyone else that's in that channel at the time. And you all can communicate, kind of like you're at the water cooler. So I think it's kind of cool. Um, we're going to test it out over the next few weeks to see if we like it. It's free, and it's just like it's not going to cost me anything. But um, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's it's something that I've been I've been looking to find a way to connect the team a little bit more. And like, we we communicate a lot on Slack, but I think adding this visual element is going to add a lot. So I think it's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I don't know that I understand how it works. It's called jackfruit. Yeah, jackfruit. Um, so basically, what you do is. I created a channel just for that, and the, the, I'm calling the channel uh, Meeting Room. And so, you just if you want to jump into the meeting room, and we can do this even, even if we're having team meetings, because we have we have a weekly training at 11 a.m. Um, every single Wednesday. 
And so we can do the, that, the training in that if we want to. We normally do it through blue jeans so we get recorded. So we'll probably keep doing that. But this is something where, you know, hey, you know, Candace, I'm going to, I want to talk to you about, you know, John Smith's case. And so we'll just jump into it really quick if we want to. If we don't want to do it via Slack or via phone call, we can just jump in really quick, have a quick conversation, and then jump out. It's not like you're meeting in person. I got gotcha. you. That's awesome. I'll try, I'll check it out. That's pretty cool. So, all right, man. Well, this has been it's been interesting. This is a little different sort of a uh, episode for us. So, but I enjoyed it. Good talking to you. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to do them like these all the time, but I think from time to time checking in is good stuff. I agree. I agree. We've had a lot of a lot of uh, guests on lately. It's good to, good to chat with you. You and I chat all the time, anyways. Even if you're being um, being whiny via text message, but um, <laughs> good talk to you. I'm gonna beat you up. All right, I'll talk to you later. Hi, right, man. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to maximumlawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.